1: You're listening to Setting the Pace, your go-to Pacers podcast, with Alex Golden and Michael Facci. McConnell pushing again, gets underneath, finds
0: Sabonis so for the dunk and the, ball. the ball. You go Brogdon for three, Let got it, go. it! And the Pacers lead by two! Karis Levert, people don't realize how good he really is. Levert, nice. skies high for the jam! Warren lets it fly, yes! Well, you got set to setting the pace, and I
2: think that's terrific. What is going on, Pacer Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Studying the Pace, and today we're going to be sharing some trade ideas for you, but before we get into that, Fachi, what did you think of last night's episode of The Bachelorette?
3: Couldn't tell you, Alex. Didn't get a chance to watch it, um, so I'm a little bit out of touch. You haven't been watching this season? Uh, I've watched maybe one or two episodes of Babe, but they, they, they lose me after a while. No one's no one's getting engaged anymore and staying engaged. Man, Fachi, what a what a
2: man! You're just killing the first opening segment. So, just kidding, just kidding. I know, I know, Fachi watches. I actually didn't get a watch, uh, watch last night's episode. I saw the very end of it, and I uh, yeah. So it's uh, exciting. Can't believe we've already been seven episodes into it. But besides that, I think fans would rather hear us talk about trade ideas, Fodchie.
3: Yeah, I, I think we can drift <laughs> off uh, after, uh and uh, Morgan to uh these trade ideas right now. It's an exciting time in the NBA with the NBA Finals, potentially wrapping up tonight as we record this, but in Pacer Nation, you know, it never ends. The the off season expected to be uh, a fun one. So we're we're kicking it off a little early with some trade ideas today.
2: Yeah, so me and you were both gonna give our top five trade ideas, but we both felt like we had six that were worth talking about. So we're going to get right into it, and then after we give our trade ideas, we'll take a break, and our uh, friend of the podcast, Rhett Bauer, will come on and just kind of grade the overall fairness of the trade, Um, you know, if he thinks the trade actually would work, and just kind of analyze it for us so that way we're not just going back and forth, get a third party in here just to kind of get an idea of what other people think about our trade. So, Fachi, I'll let you kick things off. What is the first trade you bring to the table?
3: So this one, it's, it's going to be an interesting one. And I do not know how I feel about it. I am a oh, Lord, but for the first trade, I'm thinking it involves the Pacers and the 76ers. Okay. In this, in this deal, the Sixers will be sending Ben Simmons over to the Pacers. And it's going to be for Jeremy Lamb, Aaron holiday, a 2021 first round pick. And it hurts to say DeMontis Sabonis. Now over here, so basically the trade, just to, to restate it, Simmons for Sabonis, Lamb, Aaron Holiday, and either a 2021 first-round pick or, I was thinking, an unprotected 2024 first-round pick, but not okay. both picks.
2: Okay. Um, let me ask you this. Why would we send Domas to Philadelphia?
3: Here's the thing. I know they're not going to have interest in Miles Turner having Embiid there, but I thought Sabonis playing alongside Embiid could be very intriguing for them I don't want to see Sabonis go, but in this situation, you would have to give up something. I know it sounded like they've already turned down the deal of Malcolm Brogdon and a first round pick. I think if you were to have Sabonis and Ben Simmons, and you know the, the shooting could be a, the spacing could be a bit rough over there. So I felt like one of the bigs had to go. Felt like they'd have more interest in Sabonis, but at the same point, it's a gamble. You're getting a really good player in Ben Simmons that can help out defensively. Also good rebounder and playmaker, but you are also losing the face of the team. It's a bonus. So I'm torn on that deal, but would love to hear your thoughts as well as Rhett's.
2: Yeah, so Rhett will come on and probably talk about it. I just don't think this deal would get through with Philadelphia. I don't think it makes sense for them to do it. Um, I actually think, in my opinion, I actually think Miles makes more sense next to Embiid because of his ability to stretch the floor. And his ability to defend, like imagine being able to stagger those two guys and you have one of them beater miles out there at all time. That's, you know, pretty good defensive rim protection if you're uh, talking about two of the top three, top four rim protectors in the NBA. So, yeah, I mean, not the worst trade. I mean, Domas is a really valued player. But if you're going to have Domas in a trade for Ben Simmons, it just feels like it has to be a three team deal.
3: Yeah, and I I don't blame you there. I I felt like, look, while I would rather include Miles than Domas, I just felt that, hey, you know, from the center spot, I know Domas could play the four, he could play the five, whatever. You already have Embiid, who's a good defensive center there. So you'd be getting, you know, some help, another playmaker in Sabonis as you're losing a playmaker in Ben Simmons. But, you know, it all depends on what Philly wants to do there. That's why I, I was torn on. I thought it would be more appealing for them if we had an unprotected 2024 first-round pick when most of our contracts come off the books mm-hmm. compared to next year's first, that could easily be in the 20s.
2: Yeah, no, I I, I understand giving up picks and, and picks might be it and they might be able to f- flip Domas and maybe get something else they might want better um, in a deal like that. But yeah, I just, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a good trade value, I think. I just don't know if it's the right players or the right positions in the... Um, in this deal to make them, you know, make Philadelphia really want to do it. So I would say that's probably a C. I think it's fair, but I don't think it gets done.
3: Okay. And you think it's Philly that turns it down?
2: Yeah, definitely Philly because they just – I mean, I I think they can get more for Ben Simmons in that package right there.
3: I'm sure they very well could if they – depending on what they're looking for. If they're looking for more in terms of picks, I'm confident they can get more. If they're looking to stay competitive now and get a pick or two, um, then, you know, that gives an option. Aaron Holiday, you're still getting a younger point guard. If they are interested, I know they still have a few. Tyrese Maxey comes to mind. Um, but, yeah, that's my first trade. Would love to hear yours.
2: Yeah, so I've got two trades that I think are kind of like, oh, okay, off the wall a little bit, like bigger trade ideas. So I'll save those for the end. Um, I'll go off with a basic one here, and I know fans probably won't love it, but uh, it's a trade between the Pacers and the Pelicans. The Pacers are going to send out Jeremy Lamb, Aaron Holiday, and pick 13. The Pelicans are going to send back pick number 10, but we're also taking on Eric Bledsoe. Now listen to this real quick. Eric Bledsoe, not, this year he's guaranteed $18 million, but next year it's only three-point-something guaranteed on the contract. I think Eric Bledsoe has gotten to the point – where he's a little bit underappreciated. I mean, he was a great defensive player in the regular season for Milwaukee. It's just in the playoffs, he wasn't productive enough. And it just became like this big joke that Eric Bledsoe can't coexist. Now, look, I wouldn't start Eric Bledsoe on this team if we made this deal. It moves you up three spots, so maybe you can get a guy that you think fits your squad better, or you think that might not fall down to 13. But I think Eric Bledsoe right now with what he can do playing both the point guard and the shooting guard, and I think he could fit with some of the starters that we have, gives the Pacers a much better player than Jeremy Lamb and Aaron Holiday, in my personal opinion. So that's why I like this deal. This was the sixth deal that I added on because I found out recently about the Eric Bledsoe contract, and I just felt that that was something that I felt like I could live with, having one more year uh, of just $18 million of uh, Eric Bledsoe.
3: Yeah, the one appealing thing everybody does think it's two years. But um, the one thing that is appealing, only $3.9 million is guaranteed in 2022. So, you know, you're you're not – it's not like it's uh, fully off the books, but the large majority is off the books. So I think Eric Bledsoe, like you mentioned before, just had such a rough year that it completely, you know, makes you forget that he was an all-defensive, you know, guard just two seasons ago. Yeah. So – I think for short term, you know, hey, you're talking about one year of Bledsoe to be able to move up a few spots in the draft. Jeremy Lamb, you really do not know what you're getting this year. And when it comes to Aaron Holiday, it's like if the Pacers want to bring back T.J. McConnell, it just it feels awkward. Like, where is he going to fit in? So I'm not against that trade by any means. The Pacers do need to get better defensively. So I think that's a trade that, you know, could happen. Um, So I, I think I'd be on board for that.
2: Yeah, to me, it's like a low key deal. And Eric Bledsoe, $18 million, you can trade that too possibly if you want to. But I just think the Pacers need good defensive uh, wing play. Perimeter defense was awful last year. I think Eric Bledsoe really helps with that area. And to be frank with you, him and Brogdon didn't play together, so I'm curious how that dynamic would work. But if Brogdon you know, goes out for a good amount of games, and at least you have a solid backup that you fully could rely on to play in those games and give you a good chance of winning.
3: Hey, and I'm sure Bledsoe might not mind too much because Brogdon did hit the game winner on Bledsoe in <laughs> overtime against the Pelicans last year. People do not forget. Um, but yeah, I, I like that trade, given that basically that second year of Bledsoe's contract is only partially guaranteed. You're talking about maybe 20 percent of his deal is guaranteed. Yeah. Here. So that's the appealing part that tips the scale for me. For my trade, my second trade, I think you might like this one. There's one guy in this trade I know you've said you're not high on, but I love to roll the dice on young players. Uh, For this trade, it's going to involve the Pacers and the Spurs. The Spurs are going to send DeJounte Murray and Lonnie Walker, and we're going to trade Miles Turner and Aaron Holiday. Now, the Pacers are getting a defensive-minded guard, a ball handler, that they can also have between – Here's the thing. You're going to have a lot of ball handlers, though. You're going to have Brogdon. You're going to have Murray. You're going to have Levert, but they're all interchangeable. Right now, Lonnie Walker, he's young enough. I feel like by having Miles Turner, you know, by trading one of the bigs, you could slide TJ Warren down to the four. And I think that Levert, you know, he can play one through three. I know it's probably better at a one and two, you know, point guard, shooting guard. But we'd love to hear your thoughts here. Getting Murray, a guy who we already know, really good defensive ball handler.
2: Yeah, I actually think this is a pretty fair trade overall. I'm just curious how much San Antonio values Murray, you know, compared to Miles Turner. They do need help with the center position. And I mean, all, all they have right now is Jakob Purdle. So yep. they need somebody to come in there and play. And Pertel really isn't that athletic. He's a good center, but I think yeah. Miles can do a little bit more mm-hmm. for that team, gives them some depth. Um, and, and Aaron Holiday, he's still a good player. I don't know necessarily how he would fit in San Antonio, but I think playing for Pop and Becky Hammond, like that's a good duo to really grow under. And and Miles does. I think Miles – I think you're debating here between Miles and Murray as the best player in the deal. exactly. I I think Miles probably has a larger resume to claim that he's the best in the deal, but I think Murray might have some more potential. And then Lonnie Walker, he's just a wild card. I know I said I don't really like him, but – I still think, like, yeah, that's not a bad investment if you're no. swapping him for Aaron. Like, it's, it's not like you're giving up a lot to get him. Like, he's not somebody you're trading for. He's just kind of like a, a throw in there. Yeah. So, well, honestly, like, I, I think it's pretty fair value to me. I, I just wonder, you know, this is how it always is. Like, I just always am curious what the opponents or the of opposing course. team thinks, because I know how I value my players, but I'm not, like, a thousand percent sure on how San Antonio values them. But I think this is a deal that could get done.
3: I think it's a deal that could get done. Aaron, Aaron Holiday and Lonnie Walker, two first round picks that are getting fresh starts here. You know, guys that, that I feel like the verdict is not out on them. I think they can both, you know, get better, change the scenery. might really help them out, you know, not to even put Miles Turner in, in the same category as a Tim Duncan or a David Robinson or anything of that sort. But Pop, I feel like has been searching for that next big. And I feel like there's just, I don't know. I really just feel like Miles Turner would be really good under Coach Pop. Uh, Mm -hmm. I feel like that would get him a fresh start where he could, you know, take his game to the next level. And Dejounte Murray, I've just I've loved his game from afar ever since. There's been little Twitter rumblings that you know Murray could be available. I've been intrigued. So that's a trade that it works out financially. Both you know the players in these deals. They're young guys that I think can both get better. All of them I think can get better. So uh, I think that it's it's very potential. You know, it's very possible for both teams to agree on this deal.
2: Yeah, it's not a sexy trade, but I think it's a trade that probably could make both teams better. And if they're both open to trading those guys, um, I mean, San Antonio and Indiana, if they're both open to trading their players, then yeah, I think it's a good deal. So I will move on to my next one. And this is probably the least sexiest of all of my trade ideas, Fachi. So here's what I'm going to show you. Um, We're going to make a trade with OKC here, and OKC is going to receive Jeremy Lamb and pick 13, but the Pacers are going to get back picks 16 and 34. No, we're not getting picks 13 or 16 and 18. We're getting 16 and 34, because to me personally, I still think there are some guys that could fall in this draft, and the contracts for a second-round pick are really enticing. The Pacers have said they're willing to trade back. This would get them off Jeremy Lamb's money, which I believe would help them, you know, be able to maybe re-sign McDermott. So I think this is a route you could go. Um, Get a guy at uh, 16, you only move back three spots. They also have pick 18. I, I, I question maybe if we should move back to 18 since we're getting that 34th pick as well. But I think that either way, in that range, there's a lot of good talent. And if I'm the Pacers, I'd be okay moving back a couple spots and picking up that higher second-round pick, and then maybe selling my 54th and 60th picks later
3: in the draft. So you are indeed not bringing Sexy back, but, Alex, this trade does make a lot of sense. So here's the thing. We we, we talked about we don't know what we're getting out of Lamb this year, and going from 13 to 16 doesn't seem like the biggest drop-off You know, if the guy that you wanted is not there. Say, like, Moses Moody is not there then acquiring that early second round pick, that 34th overall pick, I really like it because I feel like that's a bench guy that can also contribute, you know, maybe, maybe not to say, you know, this season, but definitely in the future, maybe even this season, who knows? So there's a lot of good talent that I feel like it sounds weird that at 13, it feels like such a toss up, but I feel like at 16, there's guys that feel like they could be safer picks at 13. I feel like you're still trying to reach for some higher upside that, Who knows what you're going to get? So it's a trade that is very interesting. The fact when you factor in, hey, that money could be used to bringing back McDermott or could help a free agency. That's the tipping scale right here that that has me on board.
2: Yeah, there's one guy that I think could possibly be there at 34 that I'm really, you know, I think he's a first round grade, and that's Jeremiah Robinson Earl from Villanova, power forward, six foot nine. I just feel like that could be a position of need. Or Isaiah Todd, I know that he didn't work out for a lot of teams. in in the back of the draft because he feels like he's going to go higher. So I think there's going to be guys that slip in this draft. I really do. And that's that's why I'm okay with being at the front of that second round because they traded those picks before when they had the 32nd pick from Phoenix, and I was a little bit disappointed they traded that because I wanted them to get a guy. But uh, I think it was Casey Akpala who ended up going to Miami, and we got three picks for it. So even if they sell that pick, that gives them more – ways to get off contracts like a TJ Lee scenario last year if they make another bad draft pick, so just just opens up more and I think just opening up a little bit more money to re-sign McDermott could make some sense so anyway let's hear your third
3: trade so uh, that is also a trade that I do think that OKC would have interest in so uh, my for my next trade uh, I'm going with a team that you brought up before and it is the Pelicans now in this deal it's going to be a sign and trade okay so it's going it's going to be Lonzo Ball going uh, to the Pacers, for Mm. Malcolm Brogdon and Goga. Now over here, here's the thing. Oh, Lord. And here's the thing. You know, if you're going to be bringing in Lonzo, then I I think it's going to be too much to have Lonzo, Brogdon, and Karis LeVert. So a point guard needs to go out. I think Brogdon over there, you know, I think he's the odd man out there. And Goga over there, look, I think that the Pelicans, they're going to have to look for a suitor for Steven Adams, and I think that they'll continue to do that, but they get Goga, someone who's young, they can invest in. So I think if if Lonzo's if they don't want to bring in Lonzo long-term, I think Brogdon's a good fit for them.
2: Yeah, so I think we've talked about this before on a previous podcast, and I don't agree with you that Lonzo, Brogdon, and LaVert can't play together. In fact, I actually think they fit really well together because of the defensive upside with Lonzo Ball, I think is a really good defender. He's a great playmaker. He doesn't necessarily have to be a true point guard. He can play off ball. He did that quite a bit last year with New Orleans. And he knocked some threes down last year at a consistent rate. So the Pelicans have been you know, rumored to say they don't want to bring him back. They're willing to do a sign-in trade. I'm not sure exactly what they want in return or what they have in mind for their point guard situation going forward. But they did draft Kyra Lewis last year. They've got Eric Bledsoe on the roster, like we mentioned. So maybe they feel like point guard is doable for now. We don't want to overpay for Lonzo. We've got to make some significant moves. And, you know, if they get Brogdon back, I'm sure they'd be happy with it. But if I'm the Pacers, I, I would try to dip my toe in the Miles Turner for Lonzo sign-and-trade here just because it feels like Turner is a guy they've coveted for a while, a guy that could make a lot of sense next to Zion because of his a de- defensive ability and his ability to shoot the three. So I think the Pacers are giving up too much here in a Brogdon and gogo for Lonzo sign-and-trade. So I would say this is, you know, a good trade for the Pelicans, a bad trade for the Pacers.
3: Okay. Uh, Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, hey, you know, sometimes you can never have too many ball handlers, but sometimes uh, there's there's not enough ball to go around. So uh, I hear both sides of it. um, But, hey, you don't want to overspend if you're the Pacers, if the Pelicans are definitely not looking to bring Lonzo back. I know we've seen some smoke screens out there, so that still remains to be seen. But curious to uh, see your next deal.
2: Yeah, and one more thing on that too. Like, let's just say like you you try to balance it out where they all play thirty-two to thirty-five minutes a game. Well, they don't have to play all those minutes together. They can stagger those minutes. And you know, I, I kind of like the idea of playing a couple starters with the bench at times, so you're not feeling like it's a bench-heavy lineup. And you know, even if they brought McConnell back, I still think you can't have enough playmakers on the floor. But anyway, let's move on. My next one here. It's a bit of a reach, so I don't know if the Pacers would do this or the team they're trading with would do this, but we're going to do a trade with the Hawks. and I mentioned last week that I have an interest in Cam Reddish. So here is the trade idea that I have. It's Aaron Holiday, Justin Holiday, and a future top-A protective first-round pick for Cam Reddish, Chris Dunn, and a 2023 second-round pick. Chris Dunn has an expiring contract this year for about $4.5 so not too much money, but – I just felt like taking back Cam Reddish, this is the guy that has the most upside in this deal. You know, Nate McMillan compared him to Paul George. I just feel like wings are so coveted and the Hawks, they don't have a ton of money to be able to extend all these guys. So maybe they're like, hey, we get a future pick. We can get somebody else on a rookie contract. Plus we get Justin Holiday who can play right away. And Aaron Holiday played well under McMillan. So I could see why they'd be like, okay, this is a pretty good deal for a guy that might not, you know, be in our starting rotation next year. And, you know, they could build for the future. So what are your thoughts on that?
3: I like that deal. I do, based on, you know, the McMillan connection with Aaron Holiday, Justin Holiday can, you know, obviously you mentioned play right away. But here's the thing, just like you touched on before, we've talked about in the past. There's too much young talent right over there. I mean, even at small forward, they love DeAndre Hunter, who can play small forward and power forward. You still have Kevin Ware, who can play you know the two and three. I mean, it's there's a lot of young pieces over there that they're trying to get you know get developed. And I think that this is a great opportunity for the Pacers to kind of trade low on Cam Reddish. Uh, we talked about obviously his last game in the playoffs, really kind of put every put him back on everyone's map. But I think that this is someone who through the first two years in the NBA has not shown what he will show moving forward. I don't think he's lived up to his potential. I think this is a great opportunity for the Pacers to buy low. Um, And, you know, obviously Justin Holliday is another guy that's played under McMillan before. So if the Hawks are on board for this, I think it would be great for the Pacers.
2: Yeah, I don't know if I mentioned it, but I was also including a 2023 second-round pick to the Pacers from Atlanta. And that actually – that pick – originally belonged to Portland. So in 2023, that Portland second round pick could be very nice. Um they're all good. Determining, you know, depending on if they trade Damian Lillard and they kind of blow the roster up and start a rebuild. So getting that second round pick in 2023 could be very enticing. But yeah, I just kind of like that I don't like giving up the holiday brothers, especially Justin, because of what he's meant to this team doesn't miss a game you guys know a couple years ago that's who I wanted in free agency I kept saying his name like this is a True. guy that can come in and play and help this team I didn't expect him to play the four but he did and he played it well you know played pretty well last year but they asked too much of him having to start with with T.J. Warren being hurt so you know you lose some you lose some guys but I think with like you said John Collins this year they have to re signing possibly Trey Young extension is going to be coming up and, and then you've got Kevin Herter, you've got DeAndre Hunter It's just a lot of money and I just don't know if they're gonna be able to pay all these guys. So that's where the Pacers should try to sneak in there and still came right as possible, so.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
2: All right, Fachi, your fourth trade. I'm ready for it.
3: So my fourth trade, a little repetitive as before, but this one gets a little bit bigger. It's a three-team deal. This involves the Pacers, the Pelicans, and the Hornets. Okay. Now, in in this deal, the Pacers are acquiring Lonzo Ball and PJ Washington. The Pelicans are acquiring Malcolm Brogdon, and the Hornets are getting Goga, Aaron Holiday, and the Pacers 2022 first round pick.
2: Okay. Um Mm. So let me hear that again. Lonzo and P.J. are coming to the Pacers, Malcolm to New Orleans, and then you Goga.
3: Goga, Aaron Holiday, and the Pacers 2022 first-round pick. So they're getting the third – not not the 13th, it's this year. They're getting next year's first from the Pacers. You're getting a center right now that is young enough that, hey, you can say – Maybe he could be the guy. If not, he could be the backup, and you're still getting Aaron Holiday. Where I know, uh, you know, Charlotte has a bunch of guards, but Malik Monk is a free agent, and who knows what they're going to do with Devontae Grant?
2: Yeah. So, I, I once again, I think, I think New Orleans does it. I, I think that Charlotte probably says no here. Um,
3: okay.
2: I I don't know what the league thinks of Gogo Batade right now. Um, I understand the first round pick in 2022, but if the Pacers are trying to win, they've got Lonzo and P.J. on their roster now, they're going to have a good team, and and the pick is going to be low. So to me personally, I don't think Charlotte does it because I feel like they're underselling on P.J. Washington, because I think that me and you have both probably felt like we would probably do P.J. Washington for Miles Turner straight up. Yeah. Uh, Especially if you look at the salaries. So I just think Miles is leaps and light years better than Goga Aaron in a 2022 second or first round pick. So if I'm Charlotte, I'm wanting miles instead of that package. And I think if I'm the Pacers, if I get Lonzo and PJ from Malcolm and miles, I still feel like I'm a little bit underselling the guys on my roster. So I'm not trying to be a party pooper, Fudge, but no, no, I get it. it's, it's tough to make trades. I mean, I it get is. how hard it is. And when you're trying to play with it and figure it out, what you think teams would want. So, yeah, I, I, I don't think it's a terrible trade. I just think that the the Pelicans
3: say yes, Pacers say yes, more than likely. I think Charlotte says no. Charlotte probably says no. I didn't want to include Brogdon and Miles Turner because I felt like all of a sudden with Lonzo and PJ Washington, it was probably a little bit, you know. Not as much of a sure thing, like you're giving up a really good rim protector, one of the best in Miles Turner. And then P.J. Washington, you're obviously expecting him to grow and continue to be a guy that, hey, you could you know plug into the four. Um, but then also the Lonzo, you imagine that he'll continue to get better. So it was one of those where it was tough to to accommodate the Hornets. I felt that, hey, you know, obviously other teams probably are not as high on Goga. Uh, I felt like he showed some good flashes, but it makes sense. They probably aren't that, that high on him. They're still getting young players there, but P.J. Washington, I would say, ends up having the best career out of Goga, Aaron Holiday, and a Pacers first-round pick.
2: Yeah, I think what could be enticing here is if you did get rid of the Goga, Aaron, and the 2022 pick, you send Miles to New Orleans and Malcolm to Charlotte, then the the Hornets would send Terry Rozier to the to the Pelicans to give them another point guard option with Lonzo coming here and PJ Washington coming here, and then based on um, I, I guess the Pelicans probably have to get rid of somebody else as well. It gets messy, deal. yeah, yeah. Probably Eric Bledsoe and or or Stephen Adams if they wanted Stephen Adams. I think that actually be a decent idea. Stephen Adams and Malcolm Brogdon to go with your core of uh, uh, Lamelo Ball. Um, Bridges, Miles Bridges, excuse me, I'm about to say Mikael Bridges, and then Gordon Hayward. I mean, I think that's a decent starting five, but yeah, just a lot to give up there. It's it's when you get too many players involved, that's when you know the trades are hard. Um,
3: exactly. So yep.
2: yeah, it's 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 good, not great. I just I'd like it for the Pacers. I don't think uh, Charlotte likes, like I said. So, are you ready for my fourth one? I'm ready. Okay, so I will give you the option. I've got a three-team deal. I got actually, I have. Three three three-team deals left. So do you want one that is centered around – okay, I'll just do this one. I don't want to make you pick. Um, We'll do Miles Turner and pick 15 to Sacramento, Harrison Barnes and pick 13 to Washington, Davis Bertons, Ruby Hachimura, and pick nine to Indiana.
3: Huh. So it was – was it Miles Turner and pick 15 is going where?
2: To Sacramento. So they're getting the Wizards pick. We're all alternating picks here. Yep. Harrison Barnes goes to Washington, and they're also getting the Pacers pick at 13. And then Davis-Bertons, Ruby Hachimur, and pick nine are going to Indiana. And the reason I'm having the Pell, or the, um, excuse me, the Wizards give up pick nine to move down four spots is because the Pacers are taking on the four-year, $60 million per year deal of Davis-Bertons because that's uh, a, almost a poison pill in a sense. Yeah. And Harrison Barnes, I think thinks helps. I think he helps them win now. I think so. And moving down four spots, I still think they could get a nice player. Um, actually, we're getting Sacramento's pick. Washington's actually moving up. So I'm wrong in there, I'm speaking out loud now that I think about it. So we're actually getting Sacramento's pick at nine, and they're moving back to, to 15 because basically – Turner for Barnes is not a fair trade. And then Washington's moving up because they're getting rid of Rui Hachimura. That was my thought process. Too many picks involved there for me. I lost my train of thought, but that is what I was saying there at the end. Sorry.
3: <laughs> hey, it's even tougher when you don't have the trade written in front of you. So, yeah, no, a lot of moving parts here. The fact that the Pacers are able to get Rui Hachimura, that, guys, if you have not been watching him, I'm sure you saw him kill the Pacers this year. He's going to be a really good player. So the Pacers are getting Hachimura. They're moving up four spots in the draft, and they're also getting Davis Bertans, correct? Yep. So I think here's the thing, guys. By losing McDermott, which very well could happen, you're going to get a shooter right now. Now, Berton's likely a little bit overpaid, but I think that once you find out what McDermott's going to get on the open market, I think it's going to be a pretty comparable deal. To be able to move up four picks, I think, does allow you to get someone that you're in love with, potentially a Moses Moody, a guy like that. So I I think that that's a very intriguing deal. I think this is one of those rare deals that might work out for each team because – we know how bad that the Kings have wanted a center, like a good center. You yeah. get Miles Turner. I think that they're more than happy to part with, you know, Harrison Barnes. And I think that for Washington right now, it enables you to win now while you're still trying to keep Bradley Beal. So yeah. that's the thing because their, their window is very small. Beal can be a free agent, same with Russ, after next season. So, you know, at that point, you, you got to win really next year. So... Barnes being a veteran probably fits that team, you know, more short term, long term. If Beal walks, Pachamora definitely would be someone that you'd want to have. If I'm the Pacers, I'm in on that deal because you know we're moving up in the draft, we're getting a shooter, we're getting a young four that we could build around, we could plug them in right away. Um, so I I would like to think that everyone does this deal. Sacramento, I mean, if the price is to just uh, you know they're getting what pick 13.
2: They're getting pick 15, so they're moving down six
3: spots. I think they're They're still – Yeah, I mean – I think they'd still do it.
2: Yeah, my only thing is I think they'd rather get rid of Buddy Heald because of the way he's guaranteed. But I don't think Buddy Heald makes a lot of sense with Russ and Bradley Beal. So that's why I said Harrison Barnes, he fits that timeline. And I think he actually kind of fits Russ's contract as well. So both of them would come off the books at the same time, I believe. And that could allow them to kind of go into a rebuild if that's when they decide to move Beal in a couple of years. And I mean, I like, I like when um, I'm losing his name now, Harrison Barnes, I like Harrison Barnes a lot, but I didn't want to keep doing the, the basic trades that I've been doing already. So I was trying to make it where it was similar to what we had talked about before where the Pacers get pick nine and Harrison Barnes for Turner and 13, but I was trying to make it where we got maybe a different type of package back.
3: So the one the one thing that I'm concerned about or not concerned that I think the thing that could hold up the deal is if Washington's willing to include Hachimura. I do think that that right there is is tough. I think they very much value him. They have not been able to develop talent outside of Beal for quite some time, and it feels like that's their guy. But if they're on board, I think that Sacramento's on board, and I think that the Pacers are definitely on board there. So yeah, uh, it'd be very interesting. I, I will leave this one up to Rick.
2: Yeah, I'm sure he's gonna shut it down because he hates Berton's contract, but we'll see. Um, all right, Fachi. We have two more left. What's your next so, one? So this
3: this trade right here kind of goes a little bit against what the Pacers said they want to do, but at the same point, Alex, it's really intriguing. It's something we've talked about a bit, but this is a trade involving the Pacers and the Warriors. Okay. And in this in this deal, the Pacers get Wiggins, Kevin Looney, pick seven and fourteen, and the Warriors get Miles Turner and Malcolm Brogdon. So right now you're giving up two starters, which hey, it's always bold. But by getting picks seven, keeping pick thirteen and fourteen, you can build out a young bench. Kevin Looney will just provide some backup at the center position, but you can elevate Goga, and then you're getting Wiggins, and his two years left on the deal, he could play the three. You could slide Warren down to the four. I think you can have a a pretty solid you know starting lineup over there that uh, I'd be intrigued. Uh, to see you know, see how they uh, how they go about it. I mean, it's it's mostly about the picks enabling you to stay competitive now while also being able to build something for the future, a rare combination.
2: Yeah, that's interesting, Flatchy. I, I think it's okay. I have a deal similar to that. It's a three-team deal, and I'll do that one next. So maybe I can just talk about this deal and maybe tell me if you like this one better because this is a trade that I came up with. Obviously, Golden State's a team that we've all been talking about, so... My deal was Malcolm Brogdon to Golden State, Miles Turner to Charlotte, Andrew Wiggins, PJ Washington, and Pick Seven to Indiana.
3: All right, so we got Wiggins, Washington, and Pick Seven mm-hmm. going to the Pacers. Okay, and then Miles Turner is going to Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And who's going to Brogdon?
2: Uh... Malcolm Brogdon's going to Golden State. They Man. keep James. They keep James Wiseman. They. Get a guy that can play off-ball next to Steph, but can also play as point guard when he sits out. I think P.J. Washington is just a great young player that has a lot of potential. Charlotte gets an upgrade at center. The Pacers also get pick seven from Golden State because by trading Andrew Wiggins to the Pacers for Malcolm Brogdon, they're going to take off about $20 million over the next two years in terms of salary.
3: Man, that, that that's tough. The, the real question comes down to if the, if that's enough for the Warriors to part with seven. You know, you get off the money. I think the books, so. Which, which I know it's, that, a
2: fi- it's a five or four person draft based on most people, and, and Jay Michael even reported it. Like seven through, you know, seven through twenty whatever is what people feel like is you know about the same value.
3: I completely agree. That's why one of your trades earlier, I was not worried about sliding back from thirteen to sixteen if there was the opportunity to get better, you know? yeah. So I think those guys are pretty interchangeable. If that's enough for Golden State, then I'm in. Because at that point, you know, you're talking about getting P.J. Washington, Wiggins, and the seventh, which, you know, it obviously brings in more value than the deal that I just had where Turner and Brogdon are both going out. So same players from the Pacers going out, but you're getting more value back. So that that's a very interesting trade. I do think Charlotte would be on board. I think the Pacers would be on board. So it just comes down to, is that the best offer that Golden State can get?
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't know, to be honest with you, but I think that this is more of a, hey, we don't have enough to get Damian Lillard, but here's what we have. You know what I mean? Because I don't really see a good package for them unless they traded Wiseman. But then they could just trade Brogdon and Wiseman and... You know, maybe a Kelly Oubre in a sign-and-trade plus multiple first-round picks for Dame Lillard or something like that, if they really felt like that's the route they wanted to go. But I just, I mean, Brogdon's a really good player, and it's not like he's somebody I want to get rid of like just to get rid of him. But if I can get a guy that comes in right away and plays, and uh, P.J. Washington and Andrew Wiggins, plus another pick in the top 10 at number seven, it's, it's hard to turn down. I just, you know, it might not help the team win right now, though, is my only concern
3: yeah uh oh, man that, that that is definitely going to be interesting i, th- I think for the pacers seven Wiggins and pj washington i think is a is a great thing to be able to build around you're getting uh, a guy right now pj washington that i think can contribute right now two years of Wiggins where he's gotten better and then also the seventh overall pick it, it's pretty juicy to me alex
2: yeah I, I i think it's good but i didn't want to be like okay this is uh this is too much but yeah it's 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 a tough thing three team trades are always hard for me
3: they really are because you now you're talking about two teams might be on board and that third one could just nix the deal immediately. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's hard enough to even get a, a good straight-up trade these days. You know, it really is. Um, so for my next trade, my fifth trade. Well, it, is
2: this is this your last one actually? Because this, this would be number six. Because uh, you did the Wiggins-Looney one, you did the Lonzo and PJ one, then you did the Lonzo-Brogdon one, you did the Spurs one and the Sixers one. Oh, this, this, is this is my yeah. sixth straight. This is my sixth yeah. straight.
3: Yep. All right. So this involves the Pacers and Central Division rival, the Chicago Bulls. Here comes Thad Young. Here comes Thad Young. All right. We got we got Thad Young, Kobe White, and the 38th overall pick going to the Pacers for Malcolm Brogdon and either the 54th overall pick this year or next year's second-round pick, one of them.
2: I I don't like this.
3: Okay. Now just hear hear me me out here. Thad Young, you're getting a veteran that you can plug in right now. The Pacers very much need a veteran. He's also been a a good playmaker. So it's nice to have him back. Uh, You're getting Kobe White, a guy that was just recently, I believe, a a top five pick. Um, Just hasn't really – he's shown enough but not enough to say, hey, he's definitely in their plans. After the Bulls made that trade for Vucevic, they are in – win-now mode. You have to keep Zach Levine over there. They don't even have a first-round pick this year, so they'd be giving up their 38th overall pick, which is their earliest selection, but you get Brogdon to pair next to Zach Levine. You also have Vucevic. You still have guys like Laurie Marketing, and Patrick Williams, young guys, so it keeps... It makes Chicago very relevant now to try and make a push while the Pacers have Kobe White they can develop um, while you're losing Brogdon, Thad Young, he'll obviously be off the books after one year. And at, at 38th overall pick, you're still having the opportunity to get a pretty good player that you can slowly bring along.
2: Yeah, so here's why I don't like it. I don't like Kobe White. Um, I'm I've not never, I've him. never I'm not, been a Kobe White fan. I don't really I'm think he fits fine. this team. I think Thad Young and 38 are fine, but I'm not giving up Malcolm Brogdon in 54 for him. So well, that's why
3: Kobe White's in there. To, yeah, you know, in unless the Pacers
2: juice. are somewhat high on him, I'd rather have Colin Sexton if we're going to do that. So yeah, that's uh, no, I don't like this Pachy. I think it's okay. unfair value. The, the
3: the Colin Sexton deal gets gets complicated due to his salary. I'm not interested in taking on like a Kevin Love or something like that. So it, it gets a little bit tricky.
2: I got one for later, but Ooh, um, okay. So here's my last one for you. This is my three team deal. My last three team deal. Well, for the top six that we're doing. So it's a trade between Minnesota, Indiana, and Toronto. So Mm. Minnesota gets Aaron Holiday, Rodney Hood, and the 46th pick in this year's draft. Toronto gets Miles Turner and Ricky Rubio. Indiana gets Fred Van Vliet.
3: All right, so let's see. Um, So that's Minnesota gets Aaron Holiday, mm-hmm. Rodney Hood in the 46th overall pick. The Raptors get Miles Turner and Ricky Rubio and the Pacers get Fred VanVleet. Mm-hmm. Now, hmm, now do you for for Minnesota essentially this is just getting Rubio's contract off, right? And getting uh and getting a younger point guard I guess in Aaron Holiday. Yeah, they're
2: investing in the future with Aaron Holiday. Rodney Hood has an expiring $10 million contract next year. And then they get the forty-six overall pick, which is right in the middle of the second round. I think it's a decent enough value. My question to you is: Do you think would you do this trade if the Pacers had to give up pick thirteen um, to Minnesota?
3: So essentially, we're giving up Turner, Aaron Holiday, and the thirteenth overall pick for Fred. Van we're coming Vliet. back, and we're coming back with Fred Van Vleet. Um, it feels like a win-now move, and
2: that's kind of what I feel like this team's trying to do. So I'd be okay with it, but I was trying to find a way to keep it. That's why I think maybe if they were able to pull off the OKC trade first, move back to 16 and 34, and package maybe 16 and get, and get pick 34, there's still a chance i get a young player in the draft that could help this team in the future.
3: Now, I imagine your theory here is that the Raptors are probably going to select a point guard. Perhaps maybe they could Jalen Suggs. Is that why Van Vliet would be expendable at that point?
2: So I think the reason Toronto might do this deal is Chris Boucher is a little bit undersized for a center. Aaron Baines is absolutely awful last season, and that's pretty much all they have really to offer at the center position right now. So Miles Turner fits that Nick Nurse defense and offense so well. I mean, look at what he did this year defensively. I mean, he was a monster, so I could see why they'd be really interested in him. They've got the fourth overall pick. They don't have to trade that. They get Jalen Suggs is who I think they're going to take, or Scotty Barnes. And both of those guys can play the point, okay? So personally to me, I feel like getting Rubio in there gives them that veteran point guard that can still help them win games. They're going to re-sign Gary Trent. They've got OG Anobi, they got Pascal Siakam. They're going to have a good team. Fred VanVleet might be the heartbeat of that team, so that might be why they're a little bit against it, but I still feel like at the end of the day, that is a trade that could be enticing to the to Toronto because their ability to get Miles Turner and a veteran in Ricky Rubio.
3: It's definitely intriguing, but I do think that the Raptors might ask for a little bit more. I do think they would ask for a pick in there, so... You know, I think that that's where the Pacers would need to include a first round pick at 13. uh, I don't know. That's that's tough. But I do think the Raptors asked for a little bit more than just getting Turner and Rubio back for Fred Van Vliet. Even though Van Vliet could become expendable, I think there could be a larger trade offer on the table.
2: Well, and here's what you also have to remember. They have Kyle Lowry and they could do a sign and trade for Lowry. And what they get back for him could be. Lonzo Ball, because there's talks about New Orleans winning Kyle Lowry. maybe. So if they got Lonzo Ball and then they got Jalen Suggs, could they move on from Van Vliet to upgrade at the center position and get a really young and talented center in Miles Turner? I mean, that's, that's kind of where I'm thinking at here. I mean, I'm not trying to justify what I said, like in terms of my trade, like to make it, you know, oh, well, they're not going to get rid of, or they're going to get rid of Van Vliet for this because this is why it's fair. But no, just trying to explain my
3: thought process and why they could be open to it. At this point in, in Larry's career, I do not think he's going to New Orleans. Really? No. This okay. is it This is it for him. He's like 37 years old. So, hey, you know, you got one last shot at this. So uh, I, I don't think New Orleans is going to be in the running.
2: All right. Did you have any honorable mention trades you want to just run by me real quick? And yeah. we don't have to talk about grades. We'll just do the trades and uh, move on.
3: I do have an honorable mention. It it gets a little you know a little out there, but that's why it's an honorable mention. So the pace it's gonna a three team deal involving the Pacers, the Trailblazers, and the Kings. In this deal, the Pacers are gonna acquire Harrison Barnes, CJ McCollum, and the Kings' 2021 first round pick. So that's gonna be ninth overall. The Trailblazers are gonna get Miles Turner, Malcolm Brogdon, and the Kings' 39th overall pick. And the Kings get Nurkic and the Pacers 13th overall pick. So Kings slide back four spots. They get Nurkic as well. So they're, they're good at center, and they can still draft whoever they want at 13. Uh, the Trailblazers, while they're giving up C.J. McCollum, they're getting Miles Turner and Malcolm Brogdon and the 39th overall pick. And the Pacers walk away with Harrison Barnes, C.J. McCollum, and they move up four spots in the draft.
2: Interesting. Okay, yeah. I mean, um, I'm not. I'm not sure if – Portland does it, but, yeah, it's it's tough.
3: <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. Oh, you can't man. say it's bad value for Portland. It's, I mean, it's not. Miles Turner, Brogdon, and the 39th overall pick. Essentially, for CJ McCollum. they get they get Nurkic off because at that point, you know, you're going to bring in Miles Turner as your center.
2: Yeah, I think there might be people. I don't know if Pacer fans would agree, but I think there's a lot of fans and NBA people that would say that Nurkic is better than Turner and CJ is better than Brogdon. So they could be downgrading a little bit here in terms of overall talent. So getting the 39th pick is nice, but I think if they're going to do this, I think you have to give them the ninth overall pick from Sacramento. Mm,
3: That'd be a lot to – it'd be a lot if you give up the – if you walk away with that. If you give up a first-round pick, Miles Turner and Malcolm Brogdon, do you still feel good with Harrison Barnes, CJ McCollum coming back?
2: Yeah, I think maybe we keep 13th and just give Sacramento Nurkic for Barnes. I think that might make more sense.
3: Yeah, in any scenario over here, I want the Pacers still walking away with a first round pick.
2: Yeah, or you give the Pacers 39. <laughs> you know, it's still a good second round pick. But yeah, that's yeah. that's not bad. That's not bad. It's hard, like I said, to find trades for CJ. I couldn't find one that I loved. Um, I'll run through my trades real quick here, Fachi. So I've got Steven Adams, pick 10, and a future top eight protected Pelicans pick going to Cleveland. I've got Miles Turner to New Orleans, and I've got Larry Nance Jr. and Colin Sexton. To Indiana.
3: All right. So Steven Adams, the 10th overall pick this year, and a future first is going where?
2: A future top eight protected Pelicans pick to Cleveland. Miles Turner is going to New Orleans. And Larry Nance Jr. and Colin Sexton are going to the Pacers.
3: Hmm. All right. So just wrote <laughs> it down. Uh, so basically the trade, okay. Adams 10th overall pick and a future uh, protected first round pick to yeah. Cleveland. So Cleveland gets their center, but I guess that is contingent on if they want to sign Jared Allen or not. Yeah. So Even that- if they
2: do, Adams is a good backup. And quite frankly, you're getting pick 10, which is a good pick. Add that to their mix with three and 10 that could possibly move up to one with that package. If Houston or excuse me, if Detroit is willing to move back And then they have to give up a top eight protected pick because, you know, Colin Sexton's leaving and he was a top seven pick. So I feel like that's good value.
3: So now here's the thing. When I was trying to come up with the trade for Colin Sexton, Colin Sexton is the definition of a guy that needs the ball in his hand. Right, right. So you're still going to have Sexton, Malcolm Brogdon, and Karis LeVert.
2: Yeah, which I'm fine with. You're I don't see fine. a problem with that. Like I said, right. I, I think you can stagger minutes. You need ball handlers. I think having ball handlers is completely fine. So that's why I'm okay with that. I, I think that it makes sense. I mean, obviously, there's some questions if Colin Sexton is the right player to you know, invest in heavily because I think he saw some question marks on his game. But he's a good player. Um, he is a good player.
3: Great, a really good offensive player. Defensively, you know, a lot of questions over there. He is going to be due a new contract soon, which, you know, I would imagine is going to be a a pretty hefty one at that point. I guess, you know, Brogdon's contract is coming off the books if things worked out. But uh, I I like Larry Nance. I think you're getting a good, you know, defensive four right there. Um, I I like what he brings to the table. Sexton obviously gives you some, some firepower on offense. I think that the Pelicans would love to be able to get off Stephen Adams and bring in Miles Turner. While you know, I, I know they're they're giving up two picks. That's the thing. Is, is it worth it? Is it but what you got to
2: remember, they've got the Bucks picks and the Lakers picks, so they have plenty of picks to get rid of.
3: Hmm. That's yeah, why I'm that, saying uh, that's true. That is that, true. That that's why I do. said
2: that. Like, if they didn't have all these plethora of picks, I wouldn't have done it.
3: If they didn't have the picks, then I would have said that that's way too much for them. Yeah. But, yeah, they do have, like, like four Milwaukee Bucks picks coming their way.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, they could always, you know, they got so many picks, they can't use them all. Right? So, that's that's where I stood on that one. My next one was one that we already saw. So, I'm stealing this one. I'm not really stealing it, but I just wanted to reshare it. Indiana receives Kyle Anderson, DeAnthony Melton, and pick 17 for Miles Turner and Aaron Holiday uh, to the Grizzlies. That was a trade that Joe Molinax did on his mock draft. I thought that was really interesting. And, you know, I had Tony East on. He really liked DeAnthony Melton. I think Kyle Anderson is a win now player that would fit great in Rick Carlisle's system. And then you get pick 17 as well without giving up pick 13. And then you get rid of Turner and Aaron Holiday. Uh, a guy the Grizzlies actually wanted at one point and looked at maybe using him as a centerpiece in a Mike Conley trade. So I think that this is a deal that could make some sense for both sides.
3: Yeah, I really do like Kyle Anderson. I love the idea of having 13 and 17. I mean, I don't know if the Pacers would be bold enough to try and package those to move up, but I think at the same point, having 13 and 17 could be two, you know, really solid bench players to develop. Um, I I do think that's a fair trade. I, I really do. But here's the thing. Memphis already has Valanciunas. I mean, do, do you think that Miles and Valanciunas are a bit much there?
2: I think you trade Valanciunas. I think Turner's better for that team's fit. I know JV had a really good postseason and he a did. good little playoff run, good but year. that was kind of the whole idea with Joe Mullenax. He said we're going to get rid of Valanciunas in this uh, by bringing on Turner. We're going to get Valanciunas away from this team. There's teams that need center. Um, Toronto could use him. Charlotte could use him. New Orleans could probably use him. He's an upgrade over Steven Adams in my opinion. Or Sacramento could use him like all those things we've been talking about.
3: Yeah, I think that that's why in my mind this would have to be a three-team deal because if they can't get rid of him, I feel like then you have, you know, Valančiūnas and yeah. Miles Turner at center, could could be a lot when Valančiūnas is coming off of, you know, career year.
2: Or you just tell JV he's coming off the bench right now, or you just make the trade and let him know, "Hey, we're going to look for a trade for you later down the line uh in the offseason." I mean, it doesn't have to necessarily be a three team deal right away. You could always trade on accept players and then trade other guys later, you know, cause sometimes there can be a log jam. You're like, what are they doing? And then you realize, Oh, they're trading this guy later down the road. Kind of like when um, D'Angelo Russell went to, went to golden state, Brooklyn and golden state made that sign and trade deal basically just so golden state could have another guy that they could trade later. And look what it got them, you know, yep. Andrew Wiggins and those picks. That's kind of how I look at it. But my last one here before we bring on Red Bauer and take on a uh, take a quick break. Aaron Holiday, pick thirteen and a future top eight protected pick to Orlando for Dwayne Bacon, pick eight and a twenty twenty two second round pick.
3: Okay, so repeat it again. Aaron Holiday,
2: thirteenth overall pick and a future top eight protected pick to Orlando for Dwayne Bacon. Your guy, yeah, pick eight and a two thousand twenty two second round pick.
3: Hmm. Okay. I- All right, so that's tough here. So Aaron Holiday, 13th overall pick and a top eight pick to Orlando for Dwayne Bacon. Pick eight and a 2022. I mean, man, hmm, that top eight pick, I I feel confident that it's obviously, it's not going to fall in the top eight. So yeah, I mean, I'm not in love with
2: Dwayne Bacon. No, it's not. um, Aaron Holiday and Bacon don't even really matter. It's more so you're just trading 13 in a future pick. For eight in 2022, because look, they already got pick five. So I think they'd be willing to move back to 13 if they get an additional pick involved with it and a young player, Aaron Holiday, while they're trying to go through a bit of a rebuild here. So they still get another lottery pick, but the Pacers pay a little bit more to move up five spots. And that's where I think a guy like Moses Moody could be right there at that eight spot. And if that's the Pacers guy, boom, you take him.
3: I'm all about moving up. So right over here, guard-wise, though, the Magic are going to have Markel Fultz. You'll have Terrence Ross, which shouldn't be that that big of a deal. Uh, you're also going to have Cole Anthony and RJ Hampton. So, do you think that they might be a, a bit too guard-heavy there to to be able to sacrifice a pick like that?
2: I mean, move, move back. They're moving back, but it's really like I said about the other pick. Getting being. a
3: first-round pick, I, I think the Magic would be on board to acquire another first-round pick. It's obviously going to be quite a few years until they're up and running so mm, yeah uh, i think that they might be on board with that they'll still roll the dice on Aaron holiday marco fultz could still be out for a while He's coming off the, the torn acl like right around you know january
2: yeah so. no it's a, it's it's intriguing so my last unrealistic trade it's not all my honorable mentions but i just thought about it um jeremy lamb malcolm brogdon and miles Turner to the lakers for lebron james we'll be right back yeah All right, everybody, we are back, and joining us now is Rhett Bauer, the trade grader himself. Rhett, how's it going, man?
1: I'm doing well. Uh, a lot of pressure being put on, but I think I can handle it. We think you're the man for the
3: job, Rhett, so definitely curious to break some of these uh, tiebreakers Alex and I have going on. Oof. All right, here we go.
2: <laughs> all right, Fachi, we'll start with you.
3: All right, so my for my first trade it was Ben Simmons and uh, so it was obviously the Sixers and the Pacers it's going to be Ben Simmons going to the Pacers for Sabonis, Lamb, Aaron Holiday and either a 2022 first or an unprotected 2022 uh 2024 pick.
1: So in this trade is the assumption that the Sixers that there'd be a third team involved, but that's the in and out of it. Uh it could be, but you
3: know, for right now Pacers Just and Sixers, value
1: overall. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think that is an A-minus, B-plus for the Pacers. Uh, I think that Sabonis and a first for Simmons makes a lot of sense for us. Obviously, the fit with Domas for Sixers wouldn't make a ton of sense. Fairness, I think, is pretty good. I'd say it's pretty even. Um, And then I think it does make us a little bit better. Obviously, we'd have to make a couple other tweaks to the roster to try and make the fit a little bit better but I kind of like it
3: but for Philly what do you think do you is that enough getting Sabonis you know Aaron Holiday whatever Lambs more of a filler and then you're getting at least one first round pick whether it's next year's first or the unprotected 2024 pick could be very valuable
1: Yes, I just think the fit issues with Sabonis would make it a no from Philly's side unless they had a third team in there that they could get something like a C.J. McCollum or something like that, and then uh, that obviously makes the deal a little bit more complicated.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what I said, Brad. I said I think the value is fair. I just don't think it's the right pieces that Philadelphia would want in return. So that's, that's where I was on it. So, okay, my first one was a very boring one. It was Eric Bledsoe in pick 10 to Indiana for pick 13, Jeremy Lamb and Aaron Holiday. And the reason I was okay with taking on Eric Bledsoe is because next year his contract is partially guaranteed, I believe, for just under $4 million. Or the year after next year, excuse me.
1: Okay, so moving up three spots to take on Bledsoe's $4 million next year, essentially?
2: Yes, I'm getting rid of Lamb and Aaron Holiday.
1: Ah. Uh... That depends solely on who is there at 10. Like if Moses Moody falls to 10 and that's your guy and that's what it takes to get it done, then I don't hate it. I like the consolidation of the bench. I think overall it's probably a B-ish, maybe B-minus. Obviously, like I said, it depends a whole lot on who that pick is. But Mm -hmm. I think we know that Lamb is out of the rotation. We know we need to consolidate a little bit on the bench. I think Bledsoe would be fine. That also means that you're probably not bringing back TJ McConnell, which gives you some flexibility elsewhere. So I think that's probably pretty good. I don't know if New Orleans does it because they, I mean, they already have a ton of guards They're in a similar situation as we are, as far as consolidating all that point guard shooting guard rotation, but fair value, I would say probably so three, three spots. Isn't that much for them to get off some money.
3: Yeah, I think at that point, you know, New Orleans. I feel like they could have a, a whole bunch of different needs, so it, it is an intriguing deal. Um, for my next trade, uh, but there's actually some rumors you might like this one. It involves the Uh-oh. Pacers <laughs> and the Spurs. Now, in this deal, Dejounte Murray and Lonnie Walker are going to the Pacers for Miles Turner and Aaron Holiday.
1: I do love me some Dejounte Murray, and it's really interesting to to think about what his value would be. For our team, but also to the Spurs, and then vice versa for Miles Turner. I think overall that's a good trade for both sides in terms of clearing up some rotation uh, clogging, both for the Spurs guard rotation and then obviously the Pacers front court getting a starter back in both cases. I'd say the trade's probably a B plus because of the fit issues, like I said. Value wise, I don't know what the heck to make of what people are thinking Miles is worth versus what people think Dejounte is worth. There, <laughs> oh, that's exactly all, what I said. It's, it's pretty much all exactly over the said. place. <laughs> yeah. It is all over the place. I, I would say that I'm not sure Aaron or Lonnie being in the deal matters to either side. I think I agree. both both would probably rather retain the player they had. Um, especially with Lonnie being just a little bit younger and a bit more of an athlete. uh, And, and then obviously the Pacers don't want to probably give up on Aaron so easily. So yeah, I I don't hate it. Um, The spacing would be a little bit interesting with DeJounte, Karras and Domas, but I'd really like that perimeter defense.
3: You know, obviously uh, as a, a major need for the Pacers. And I think that, you know, that's obviously what Murray brings to the table, Lonnie Walker and Aaron Holiday getting fresh starts. And I think that, you know Miles Turner I think could be one of the bigs that pop has really coveted ever since kind of you know losing out on you know the Tim Duncan era I think he's been searching for his next big not to compare Miles to Tim Duncan in any way but I think that he sounds like a guy that could flourish under pop.
1: Yeah I was going to say if you put Tim Duncan no. and Miles Turner no. in the same nope. sentence, you better relax a little bit.
3: <laughs> even even made sure I made that known earlier in the episode you to did. say, but even earlier I was like, I am not doing that. So, yeah.
2: <laughs> all right. So my next one is, like I told Fats earlier, the least sexiest of all the picks we're doing or all the trades we're doing. And mine was OKC receives Jeremy Lamb in pick 13 for picks 16 and 34.
1: This will not be judged Individually, it'll have to be judged based on what the Pacers do with the cap space that they will not even really cap space. This would basically be trading Lamb and 13 to retain Doug in this case to, to yep. stay under the cap, right? So yep. I don't think that's – I think that's pretty good for both sides. I think the determining factor, just like with the other trade, moving three spots would be who's there at 13 and who you think will be there at 16 to, to determine whether or not that's valuable. And then obviously with as deep as the draft this is, Number 34 could get you a decent player. Uh, we've seen that in the past where those very early seconds are pretty good. So I'd say that's that's a B plus. I mean, you get off some money, you retain a guy you like in Doug, and you only move back three spots. So for this next deal,
3: Alex squashed this deal out like a bug. But here's <laughs> what we got. We got a three-team deal, so they always get a little crazy. So Pacers, Pelicans, Hornets. In this deal, the Pacers are acquiring Lonzo Ball and P.J. Washington. The Pelicans are acquiring Malcolm Brogdon and the Hornets are going to get Goga, Aaron holiday, and the 2022 first round pick from the Pacers.
1: Hornets say absolutely. No, yeah, uh, exactly. that's not near enough for PJ Washington. I'd be interested to know what the Pelicans would think about a Lonzo for Brogdon swap. I feel like they probably want a little bit more in the half court. If their uh, rumored interest in Kimba Walker and, uh, Kyle Lowry or any indication, they might be looking for more of a point guard. And as much as we'd like to trash Malcolm for not being that, I think he's more of a traditional point guard than Lonzo is. So that aspect of it is pretty good. But obviously the PJ Washington part of it, I thought for sure you were going to throw Miles in there. And my, my uh, cued response was that the Pelicans are not going to be involved in a deal with Miles Turner that doesn't have them getting Miles Turner. But uh, for the Pacers, it's really good. For the Pelicans, it'll be interesting. And then for the Hornets, they, they say no. Even though Goga was a first and that 22 first will be decent, probably 20s or so, that's just not enough for what P.J. Washington showed.
2: Yeah, I, think, I think me and Red are like three for three on agreeing on Focci's <laughs> trade grades. I mean, yeah, pretty much everything he, we've said he has he gone higher
3: on my Simmons, He was higher on my Simmons deal than you were. I think you gave me like a C. I think he yeah. gave me like a B plus, so I'll take that. <laughs> well, I was,
2: I was just saying, I, like I said, I like the value. I just didn't like the fit of Domas going to Philly. So that's, that's all that was. It wasn't necessarily the player value. It was just where they were going and what position they need. But um, anyway, my next one, I think Rhett's going to like this one. It's Aaron Holiday, Justin Holiday, and a future top eight protected first-round pick for Cam Reddish, Chris Dunn, and a 2023 second-round pick, which was acquired from Portland.
1: I do love Cam Reddish, and – Man, I have been ringing his bell for as long as I can remember from when he was drafted. I think he's going to be a really good player, and that was long before his uh, Game 6 explosion in the playoffs. I'm not sure if Atlanta does this simply because I think they're also in consolidation mode, trying to turn all of their wing – you can never have too many wings, but with DeAndre Hunter, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Kevin Herter, and then obviously Reddish and Gallo – They might look to consolidate more, but to get Justin, who's a great rotation player and a top eight protected pick for a guy who you may not, you may just want to kick that can down the road. I don't hate it. I think Atlanta probably says no for the Pacers. I think that's a move that kind of takes you back a step. You're going to get worse because I think Reddish is worse than Justin right now. But I mean, for the Pacers, that's a, that's a B, I think.
3: Love the upside for cameras, just like you do. I feel like it's one of those where I would trust the Pacers to roll the dice there and hope for the best uh, in player development. Um, For this next deal, this is kind of my alternate to that three-team deal because I was worried about what the Hornets would do in that situation. So it's just a straight-up deal involving the Pelicans and the Pacers. In this deal, it's a sign-and-trade. It's Lonzo Ball going to the Pacers for Malcolm Brogdon and Goga pretty much to make the salaries work of what I think Lonzo's going to get. Um, I think that for the Pelicans, they're getting a young center over there that, that they'll have to duke it out. They'll have to move Steven Adams you know, to someone, but you're getting Brogdon and Goga. The Pacers get the Lonzo ball.
2: Rhett, before you answer this, Focci, will you explain to Rhett why you are trading Malcolm to New uh, Orleans for Lonzo and, and why you don't think they'd be a good fit with the Pacers together?
3: I just felt between Brogdon, Karis LeVert, and Lonzo. I mean, it's there's only one ball to go around. Uh, I, also, who's going to come off the bench here out of that group? If you're trading a sign trade for Lonzo, you're going to be starting him. Are you going to move Brogden, who is supposed to be, you know, one of the leaders of your team, to the bench? Or are you going to move Karis LeVert, a guy that you're very, very high on, to the bench? I don't think it's going to happen. just feels like you can uh, you, know, you can move one of those guards elsewhere, and I think Bra- Brogdon would be that guy.
1: So I don't disagree that trading for Lonzo would make the rotation to the guards a little bit interesting, but you have to trade something to get something and Lonzo is an above average starter. So you have to be Mm -hmm. trading an above average starter. If it's going to be Brogdon, Lonzo and Karis, I think that group can work together very well. As long as you're trade, you're probably going to end up trading miles Turner for Lonzo ball in, in the most ideal circumstances, but you said there's only one ball to go around. I think that'd be more than enough for those three players. Lonzo's a great catch-and-shoot player. He's great in transition, good defensively, uh, kind of making up for what Brogdon lacks at point of attack, and Karras too, for that matter. I don't – again, this comes back to what the Pelicans think about Brogdon, whether or not they'd be interested. But I think if they got a player in Goga who has shown some upside, but they do have Stephen Adams, like you said, and Jackson Hayes really showed some improvements towards the end of last year – it'd be interesting to see what that center roca- rotation would look like to know whether or not they would actually value Goga as the, you know, quote-unquote, first-round pick in this situation. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I would like Lonzo on this team for sure, even if it costs Brogdon. Me too.
2: Yeah, and see, I, I just – my biggest thing was because I know Fachi was like, I just don't think that Lonzo, Brogdon, and Levert can play together very well. There's just not enough balls. And I said, well, if you, if you trade Turner in this deal – You just slide Warren down to the four, Karras to the three. Yep. And then you just make it work with those five. I said, you can't have enough playmaking on the court. Lonzo's a good perimeter defender. Was shooting the three ball pretty well last year. I think that they could actually stagger some of those minutes where you're not always playing together, but you could have Lonzo playing with the second unit some or Brogdon or Levert playing with the second unit some. And I think that could be really beneficial instead of going an all bench unit. When you have that many guys that can playmake, plus Sabonis, who's a good playmaker as well. I mean, You just, the offense would have so many different ways they could win uh, and be productive.
1: I'll almost never turn down an opportunity to have somebody who can shoot the ball, playmake, and defend. So that Lonzo does all three of those well. He's not quite the half court initiator and playmaker that we may want or think, or maybe he was projected to be, but he's still a really, really good player.
2: Yeah. I just think with him being so young, you know, still it's a guy you should invest in and maybe spend a little bit on, but yeah, uh, so my next one here is a three-team trade, Red. So I got confused when I first read it to Fachi, and I forgot who had what picks, so I'm going to do a better job explaining it to you. Miles Turner and pick 15 are going to Sacramento. Harrison Barnes and pick 13 are going to Washington. Your guy, Davis Bertans, I know you hate him, sorry. Rui Hachimura and pick nine are going to Indiana.
1: It's not that I hate Davis Bertans. I just contract. don't. <laughs> exactly, exactly. He's... Very overpaid for what yes. he does. It's not to say that he's not a good shooter because he is. He just – he did regress quite a bit from last year to this year. And I just don't like one-dimensional players unless you have that true, true superstar around where you need that one dimension to support that player. Like like Giannis needs shooting and all that stuff. But I think in terms of value, moving up four spots and getting a wing in Rui, who I do really like – is pretty good for my it's okay for miles, it's not great. I would say this is probably a C, C minus because of Berton's contract four years for what like 60 million or something like that. For it's yeah, just, that's pretty good for 16 per year, so yep. yeah, yeah, that's a lot. I'm just surprised that we didn't end up with Harrison Barnes in this scenario.
2: I tried not to make a Harrison <laughs> Barnes to the Pacers trade, I've been talking about it too much, so I was trying to be different. I thought Barnes only having two years. And the ability for Washington to move up two spots in the draft would be enticing because I think I think Westbrook and Barnes are on the same contract length. So if both of those deals expire at the same time and they don't feel like they can win anything with those guys, then maybe they could go into a rebuild there. But I do yeah. think
1: Sacramento and Washington both do this because Sacramento moving back six spots to go from Barnes to Miles is a good deal, even though they have Rashawn Holmes who is potentially able to walk. And then Washington turning... Bertanz's bad contract and a young guy in Rui who has some upside, but to get an established vet in Barnes who has a little bit of playmaking could be that tertiary next to Beal and Westbrook and then moving up a couple spots. I think that's pretty darn good. Yeah. So So what I
3: I was torn on there is that I I know that Washington loves Rui moving forward, but it is sacrificing the future to win now to try and keep Beal. So that's why I think if they were to do the deal, that's what it would be to basically say, Hey, you know, we need to be able to, A, get that contract off the books right now so we have some money to spend, also be able to move up in the draft, but also bring in Harrison Barnes. So it's an intriguing deal. I think Washington is is the team, though, that, that they could hold it up. Um, but for my next trade, I think you're going to like this one. It, it's it's too juicy to pass up. Now, it's involving the Pacers and the Warriors, and in this deal, the Pacers are getting Andrew Wiggins, Kevin Looney, and pick seven and 14. The Warriors are going to get Miles Turner and Malcolm Brogdon.
1: That's interesting. I've, you know, I'm a huge fan of Wiggins, and I think we talk about it every time we talk, Alex. But yeah. turning Miles and Brogdon into Wiggins and two firsts, I, Looney is nothing more than a backup in exactly. this case and probably salary filler, which, yep. which cleans up the rotation a little bit. But two starters for Wiggins, seven and 14. I think Golden State should do this, whether or not they would, I don't know. Their, their forward depth is a little bit rough, but I'm not sure the Pacers do it because this is, this is more of a rebuilding move, I think, than what uh, Rick Carl was brought in here for. But as far as value, I don't hate it. I would be interested to see if there's another future first we can get because it is two starters. And that answers a lot of the questions that the Warriors have. But overall, I think it's probably a B. I just think the Pacers would need a little bit more to get it done because they aren't looking to rebuild right now.
3: So that's why I clarified earlier in the episode that it goes against what the Pacers said they want to do, but to be able to keep the 13th overall pick, be able to build your bench with the 7th, 13th and 14th pick enables you to stay competitive now while also building for the future, a rare combination that many teams just are unable to do. And Wiggins, just like you, I I am a fan of how he's gotten better. A couple of years ago, the contract was completely untouchable. The two years aligns with the direction of this Pacers team. It's uh, for for the Warriors. I think it's a really good deal for the Pacers. Hey, you're obviously taking on some two very expensive years for Wiggins, but the picks for me, it's hard to pass up. Love those picks.
1: And Wiggins is good. He's actually he a good basketball player. He got
3: better defensively, too. I mean, it's 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 hard to argue with here. I, I could see both sides of it. Just having a young core of 7, 13, and 14, I think, just makes this team very deep. Sure, you're giving up two starters, good ones, but you have the luxury at center. And, you know, Wiggins, I, I think, could fit this team pretty well.
2: Yeah, so I I was laughing because I had a trade very similar to this, but it was a three-team trade, Rhett. So this one had Brogdon go into Golden State, Miles Turner to Charlotte, and then Andrew Wiggins, P.J. Washington, and pick 70 – or pick 70 – pick seven to Indiana.
1: Wiggins, seven, and what else to Indiana? P.J. Washington. Oh, yeah, I'd much rather have P.J. than pick 14, and I think that that's something the Pacers would do – Well. I think there'd have to be another move involved because this puts the Pacers at a surprisingly lack of guards. Like it it puts them at a deficit there. I guess you could start Karras at the one if you really wanted to. And the Pacers would then go from having no wings to having three starting level wings, but you can never have too many wings in this scenario. So I, I think that that's something that they should consider, even if the team construction doesn't make a ton of sense.
2: Yeah, I mean, essentially it's the same players going out as, as Focci's trade, but instead of 14, you get P.J. Washington. I think the reason the Warriors would be willing to send seven with with um, Wiggins in this deal, they're going to save some money by getting off of Wiggins' contract and getting on Brogdon's. I know Brogdon's is longer, I believe. Actually, I think it's the same length, isn't it? Yep. So, um, But I think Brogdon makes about $10 million less than Wiggins overall, so it does help them save a little bit, a bit of money or Charlotte would probably have to pay 13. I think they'd have to cut into some of that cap space to bring on Turner for P.J. Washington, but they wouldn't have to give up any picks. So it'd be a straight swap, which I think might be more enticing to them uh, if you go back to what Zach Lowe reported last year. So that's why I think this deal could make some sense. But I get what you're saying there. The wing situation or the point guard situation is a little bit scarce. I'm not sure what the Pacers would do, but if you had seven and 13 – maybe you can find a way to package one of those for uh for a point guard if a team is interested in rebuilding or something like that but you just you just never know at that point i just think that that value makes a lot of sense
1: the value is good and that's the thing is it makes some sense to go from you can spin it however you want you can do turner for pj washington is pretty good and then brogdon for wiggins and seven is is also pretty good in my eyes just mm-hmm. because i think wiggins is a he's not the 7th overall pick Worse of a player than Brogdon, if that makes any sense. The contract is bad, obviously, but I I think the value makes some sense.
3: My one debate was, do you think that's enough value for the Warriors, or do you think that they could have another offer on the table that could be a bit more?
1: Yeah, that's what I was just looking at. I don't think the Warriors does it. If you switch 7 to 14, I think maybe because then you're you're turning one starter and a late lottery pick into another versus seven that alone might have enough value to get you a starter level player. Um, not somebody as good as Brogdon, obviously, but you know, there's there's so many options out there for what they could do. So, I think if you made it fourteen, that Golden State still does it, and then the Pacers. I don't know if Wiggins and fourteen would be enough for Brogdon in this case.
2: I don't. I don't think it would. I think, like yeah. I said earlier, saving the cap space a little bit, or saving or taking money off the salary could help them. They don't want to pay the tax. I think they're really close to over the tax. They could save ten million plus. They still have Wiseman in this deal. I mean, and on their roster, so they could still flip Wiseman um, if they feel like they want to get something else. But they don't have to get rid of him to get you know. I I think they value Wiseman more than the rest of the league does right now.
1: I would actually be interested to see what we if we would take Wiseman in a deal that had Turner going out. Yeah,
2: and be weird. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I have no idea. I just feel like he's probably even though he was rough last year, like he's definitely ahead of Goga, so that mm-hmm. that that is an upgrade, and obviously yeah. the upside is there too, even if he is behind Domas.
3: I'm I'm still intrigued by Wiseman. I believe in him. I, I think that he just never never really got off the ground last year. I mean, obviously, once he started to really play well, got hurt. But for my last trade, is it's a little bit of a now and later. Pacers are bringing back a fan favorite. They're making a deal with Chicago. Uh, the Pacers are going to bring back Thad Young. They're going to get Kobe White, who they're going to roll the dice on, and the 38th overall pick for Malcolm Brogdon and either the 54th or just a future second-round pick.
1: That's interesting. I'm not incredibly high on Kobe White. I don't
3: think anyone is. Well, right. <laughs> I think, right. I think Chicago might be.
2: I
1: hated I this trade.
3: <laughs> I think that Alex hated it, but people are souring on Kobe White. He's he's promising but has not delivered on his draft pick uh, where he was picked. So I think he was a top five picker right around there. So Pacers are getting Thad Young, which they need a veteran presence. Uh, you're getting another good playmaker there. You can plug it at the four. Um, you can bring him right off the bench, whatever you want to do there. Kobe White, you're getting some insurance point guard for the future. The 38th overall pick, solid pick where you can draft a bench player. And then obviously Brogdon is is the guy that's going out.
1: Yeah. So the way I'm looking at this is that is probably coming off the bench. And then you said 38 is also probably coming off the bench. If even coming off the bench, they might just stay there. So then it's essentially Kobe White, who is very unknown, very underwhelming and probably less of a point guard than Brogdon is is for Brogdon. So if, Chicago had any other assets available after having traded for Nikola Vucevic. I would probably be asking for a lot more. Uh, But for now, I'll just go ahead and say absolutely not.
3: Also, you got to factor in the Pacers are saving, you know, fifteen to twenty million dollars the following year. So
1: that's going to be factored in. It does that matters a little bit, but considering they're already over the the cap and so they won't be able to use that money to bring in anybody else it doesn't matter that much and i'm not sure bringing back doug is worth going from brogdon to kobe white
3: no no you'll obviously <laughs> need to re resign tj warren. It's definitely not in that situation oh right right that's but, true but that's basically where i'm factoring the tj warren raise so not not a home run deal it depends you know i don't think there's anyone like you mentioned that loves kobe white it's just a do you want to have a piece for the future if things go south
1: not when that piece is Kobe white. No, okay. not really. I'll take no. reddish though. That's a that's a piece for the future. Yes.
2: Yeah. To me, it just felt like it was really underselling Malcolm's value um, yeah. in this deal. I and so. Personally. I mean, I get why you could be like, okay, who are some young players that haven't maybe developed or yeah. panned out with the current roster. And you're like, okay, maybe they'd be better in a new environment. I just don't feel like for this Pacers team, in the direction they're heading with Rick Carlisle as coach that this is the right move. I get why you're intrigued by bringing Thad back because he's that leader and has that position of need that the Pacers really need to fill with that four position. But yeah, I just, at the end of the day, I just don't think it's fair enough value. I don't really know what kind of trade works with Chicago based on our rosters and how they're constructed. But this to me just feels like a little bit of a, uh, of a reach here in, in terms of giving up Malcolm for those guys. But for my last one here, I did alter it while we were talking, so um, that's on me. But I'm going to say Minnesota gets Aaron Holiday, Rodney Hood, the 46th pick in the draft, and then probably pick 13th from the Pacers. Toronto is going to get Miles Turner and Ricky Rubio. Indiana gets Fred VanVleet.
1: Oh, wow. I was not expecting that. <laughs> I...
2: At first, I didn't have 13 going to Minnesota. It was just Holiday, Rodney Hood, and the forty-six pick for Rubio because I feel like that's pretty good value Um, just because of how their roster is built right now. I just don't really know where Rubio fits in. He's a bench guy. He's got one year left. Maybe they could invest in a young player like Holiday and get another pick because I don't have a pick this draft. Um, And then Turner and Rubio going to Toronto to give Rubio or to give Toronto that point guard that they're going to miss with Van Vliet and Rubio, but also upgrading a lot at center, a position they really struggled with last year in Turner. Then the Pacers take on a little bit of an undersized guy, not super athletic, but a guy that I think would fit the Carlisle team, Fred Van Vliet.
1: I think giving 13 for Rubio or for Minnesota to be getting Aaron holiday and 13 for Rubio, they accept that in a second without even looking to see what else is involved in the deal. Um, and then Toronto, Miles and Rubio for Fred Van Vliet.
2: And Rodney Hood,
1: yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I. That's interesting. I, I've been looking at a Toronto trade to see what Miles for Fred would look like. And I think oh. at this point, 13 and Miles for Fred is, is okay. I'm not sure. It depends on what direction the Raptors go, I, I think, in this summer with all the moves that they will exactly. have to make yeah. and the pick that they have to make too, so – I think value-wise, if you take 13 out, then the Pacers aren't giving enough. But with 13 in there, Minnesota is just is cracking up at having gotten a first-round pick for a guy that they don't really care about in Rubio. So Toronto in, that,
3: would need the first-round pick ex, then? Ex, That's what I said initially. Yeah,
1: so yeah I in, think so. Initially, Alex didn't have that 13th
3: pick in there, and I was saying that I don't think Toronto's getting enough, but I think that 13th would have to go to Toronto rather than Minnesota. Because just like Rhett said, I mean, Minnesota – you know, for only giving up Rubio to get the 13th overall pick, I I think, you know, that would be great. You're still getting Aaron Holiday there, plus 46, yeah. Rodney Hood's whatever at that point. But I think Toronto's a team that would need more in order to agree.
2: That's that's why I almost thought, like, if we did the OKC trade for Lamb and um, Lamb at thirteen for 16 and 34, and then use both those picks maybe to, to get Van Vliet in that deal and then maybe take 46 back instead of 34 from – um from Toronto that could make some sense I just it's hard to like figure out I just I think Jalen Suggs is probably who lands in Toronto or Scotty Barnes both guys that can help with the point guard situation you get Rubio who's a point guard and then depending what they do with Kyle Lowry in a sign and trade who do they get back like there's talks about New Orleans having interest in Kyle Lowry so what if they did a sign and trade of Lonzo Ball for Kyle Lauer I mean that could make a lot of sense in Toronto too so that's that's why I was like I don't know exactly but it it seems like there could be something there
1: Toronto's got a lot of questions they need to answer and that pick is is making things as as great as it is to have that pick it makes things a little bit more interesting because they do have some guards that got Gary Trent they traded for his restricted free agency right so that's another guard to add to the mix not to mention Malachi Flynn who they took at the end of the first last year so it would be interesting. I don't think Toronto does it just because Fred Van Fleet is a fan favorite. He's part of that team right now. Exactly. Exactly. So especially if they trade Lowry, he would be that, that player for them. So Mm -hmm. I'd say they probably say no, but it's definitely interesting.
3: Yeah. I think Toronto's a team that, that probably says no there, but it's definitely intriguing. If the Pacers can get the deal done, I like it for them. Minnesota, I think that they're definitely in, but Toronto, they probably hold up the deal.
2: All right. So we had a few honorable mentions. Um, Instead of you analyzing them all completely, just read through it, Fachi. what you have, and I'll read through what I have, and just tell me if you hate it or love it for the Pacers, or you could say you're in between um, in terms of value for the Pacers.
3: Sure. This is a three-team deal, Pacers, Trailblazers, and Kings. The Pacers are going to acquire Harrison Barnes, CJ McCollum, and the Kings' uh, ninth overall pick. The Trailblazers are going to get Miles Turner, Malcolm Brogdon, and the Kings' 39th overall pick, and the Kings get Nurkic and the Pacers' 13th pick.
1: That's a lot of stuff. I don't hate it for the I, Pacers. I, I,
3: I think by getting Barnes, McCallum, and you move up four picks, Yeah, that's about as good as it gets for the Pacers. For the Trailblazers, you get Miles Turner, you get Brogdon, you still get the 39th overall pick, which, you know, it's, it's, it's whatever. It could, could hold some value. And for the Kings, you get a center without having to pay um, uh, Rashawn Holmes all that money, and you only move down four picks.
2: Yeah. Yep, exactly. I, my, my biggest concern was, you know, Portland getting rid of CJ and Nurkic. Is that an upgrade over Bro, uh, with Brogdon and Turner? Is that a, that much of an upgrade from CJ and Nurkic? I, I didn't know how they – I feel like how Portland values those two guys, I feel like it
3: would be a little bit of an undersell in my opinion. Also save a lot of money. The McCollum deal, he's owed like $100 million.
1: That's fair. Yeah, the money part of it is interesting. I don't think the Blazers ultimately do it. I think they would have to end up getting – a pick that's better than 39. And I'm not sure where that comes from in this deal.
2: Yeah. I said, maybe give them the ninth pick. We keep 13th in Sacramento keeps 39. Um, Something like that. Yeah. That it was just, I mean, it was close, but there was just, it felt like there was something off there for me. Now this one, I know you're going to hate, but I'll say it anyway. Um, Steven Adams, the 10th pick and a future top eight protected Pelicans pick is going to Cleveland. Miles Turner to new Orleans, Larry Nance jr. And Colin Sexton to Indiana.
1: So I don't hate this one as much as you may think. I really like Larry Nance. I think he's a great player. He actually would fit better with Miles than Sabonis because I think Nance and Sabonis do similar things. Mm -hmm. But Nance is just, he's a really good player. And I think that that would be a great addition for the Pacers. I don't like Sexton very much as a player. I especially don't like him next to Brogdon because they have some of the same issues, um, point of attack defense, and neither are I guess Brogdon's a good facilitator. Sexton is not. I don't think he's it, He's just not a facilitator. But I think Cleveland probably says absolutely. Uh, New Orleans says absolutely in the Pacers so should say no. Okay. Um, I
2: got two more real quick for you. Indiana receives Kyle Anderson to Anthony Melton and pick 17 for Turner and Aaron Holiday. I think this trade was floated out there by Joe Mullinex, so I am stealing it for him. But uh, I, I added Aaron Holiday in the deal. I just feel like this is
1: a trade that could make sense. I am one of the reigning members of the D'Anthony Melton fan club, but also I have the punch card for the slow-mo fan club. So you will not see me turning down this deal. I I think Kyle Anderson was really good last year. Melton is really good, better than Aaron Holiday. And then 17, I think that's a pretty good deal. I don't know if uh, the Grizzlies do it when they already have Fallon Tunis, Brandon Clark, Jaron Jackson, but it's it's something. I like it.
2: Yeah, because I was laughing when – when Joe put that trade out, he did end up trading Valanchunas later in their little mock draft. I'm sure you saw that that was going on. So that's kind of why I thought, oh, that does make some sense. And you could still get this deal done and then trade Valanchunas later in free free agency because there's teams that are going to miss out on a center that need one. And we've talked about a lot of these teams are trading miles to in these trade ideas. They're all teams that could desperately use an
1: upgraded center. Jaron Jackson Jr. and Miles Turner protecting the rim together would be something I I would just want to see. I don't care what it costs.
3: (laughs) Love me some Jaron Jackson. Very frustrating how he missed most of the year this year. I thought he was poised for a breakout season. Never really got that season off the ground. But, yeah, I I had the same reasoning, Rhett. I just felt that with with the bigs that Memphis already has, I felt like you would have to have a trade in place for Valanciunas to go somewhere else.
2: Yeah, and that's what my thought process was behind it, too. So, my last one here it's Aaron Holiday, the 13th overall pick and a future top eight protected pick to Orlando for pick A, a 2022 second round pick, and salary filler Dwayne Bacon.
1: That's interesting. Uh, I think the future first added in there makes it a no for me from the Pacers side, but it would make it a yes from the Orlando side. I don't see any way we're inside the top eight over the next couple of years, and I'm not sure moving up from 13 to eight is worth that extra first, but I could very well be wrong if there's a guy that, that, that pops out at eight that you love. Yeah, so that's, that's, what,
2: where, that's, that's where I think Moody gets drafted is in that area. And yeah. I'm super high on Moody. I'm, I don't know if you are, but that's the guy that I think makes perfect sense here. Aaron doesn't seem to really fit what this team is going to do going forward. So that's why I'm all in on Moody here um, if he's there at eight. That's kind of my thought process behind it. I feel yeah. like
3: it's got to be a situation where this is the deal you call in at the last second if your guy is still available at eight. Otherwise, you know, I hold off on including that first round pick for next year.
1: I also think that Orlando's in a situation where they just need to acquire as many top end talents as possible. So that's probably why it's a no, unless they just don't care about whoever is at eight and think they can get equal value at 13.
2: Yeah. And I've heard some rumblings like, Hey, they've already got pick five. They can move down in this lottery and pick up future assets. That's why I thought, okay, this could make some some sense. sense. Yeah. All right, Rhett. Well, that was all of the trade ideas we had. Did you think it was better than what you thought it would be?
1: Uh, it's interesting. There were a lot of really interesting ones. You guys came out came out with some ones that I haven't seen before, pieced together. So that was really good. I didn't see any Bradley Beal ones, which or Dame Lillard, which I was just I, those were the ones I was expecting. So <laughs> now, good for you guys. Good for you guys yeah. for keeping it realistic.
3: We we try. We try to keep it realistic of what can actually happen, not what we're doing in a game of two K.
1: <laughs> yeah, there you go. Exactly. Love we, that. We
2: got a Ben Simmons one in there from Fanchi, though. So you that, did,
1: uh, and Dejounte so. Murray. No complaints yes. from me. All Wait, right, I, th- I
3: thought you might like that one. Ben Simmons had a creep him in there somewhere. But, Rhett, I really appreciate it today. You know, tell everybody where they can find you on Twitter.
1: Yeah, you can find me at Rhett underscore Bauer, R-H-E-T-T underscore B-A-U-E-R.
2: All right, and Rhett will be back with me next week as we do a live reaction to the NBA draft with the Pacers picking at 13th. As we speak right now, anything could happen over the next week or so. But we'll be doing a
1: live draft show. So, Rhett, I will talk to you then. Yep, sounds good. Thanks for having me on, guys.
2: Oh, Faji, I am exhausted. awesome. We've spent a long time talking about trades, reiterating those trades, but all in all, really fun podcast. Where can the people find us at on social media?
3: You can find us on Twitter at SettingThePace3. You could find Alex on Twitter at AlexGoldenNBA. I could be found on Twitter at underscore F-A-C-C-I. And you could find us on Instagram at Pacers Talk.
2: And at the end of the day, if you're excited for the Indiana Pacers offseason, say these three words.
3: Let's go Pacers!